screen here, so um, just go ahead and pass the bag when it comes to you. And also, friendship registers. Um, if you see the little booklets on, you know, on the outsides of the rows, go ahead and grab those. Um, that's one way in which you can let us know how we as a church can be praying for you. So write those requests. If you have any questions for us, write those down. So we'll review those, and we'll get back to you. We'll pray for you. Uh, the elders will pray, pray, for, pray for those every uh, week. So uh, we'd love to be able to know how we can connect with you and pray for you. So um, let us know through the friendship registers. Um, well, again, thank you for um, bearing with us this Sunday. Um, hey, kids, thank you so much for being with us and staying with us this service. Hi, Elijah. Hi, Selah. Um, we really are glad that you get to come in. Let me tell you one thing that I was thinking as we were singing is the Lord really delights in hearing you sing. Okay? It was brought a delight to me to hear some of you singing, um, but it's even more a delight to the Lord to hear your voices being raised up to God in worship. And so I want to encourage you and tell you to keep on doing it. Um, kids, if you would bear with us, I will try to go fast. Um, but if you could love your uh, mommy or your daddy uh, by just being a little patient with us and just trying to be still, uh, that would be a really great blessing to them. But parents, feel free to have do whatever you need to do to be able to help your kids, okay? Just, we're just going to be flexible today and do the best that we can, all right? So turn with me, please, to Hebrews 3, uh, verses 12 to 14. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12-14. Now, as we continue our series on the church this year, uh, today we're going to look, uh, hopefully briefly, at one aspect of what it means to uh, be a church, to be the church of the living God, because it comes, with, it comes with the responsibilities, okay? We're not just a social club here to hang out with our friends, we're here for a reason. And so this morning, we're going to look at the need to exhort one another, okay? We're going to look at our need to exhort one another. And a lot of what I'm going to share this morning really builds from Joel's sermon from last week. So um, if you did not get a chance to listen to it, I would encourage you to go back, listen to it, um, and hopefully that'll be a help to you. Um, because, as Joel taught us last Sunday, we need to bear with one another, okay? We really need to bear with one another. And part of bearing with one another, obviously, yes, involves being patient, okay? Being patient with one another, recognizing your brother, your sister, they're not like you, okay? You're not trying to make them into your own image. You're trying to help them be, like, into Christ's image, okay? So being, bearing with them, bearing them with them in their weaknesses, being patient. But also, right, bearing with them means serving them. Okay? means you go out of your way to try to serve them, try to meet any needs that they have, physical needs. And I do want to exhort you, like encourage you, because as a church, I think we seek to do that, right? We, seek to, we see a need, we see somebody sick, we try to bring them a meal, we see somebody needs trees cut down, and go and show up and do it. And so we do need that, and I want you to continue to do that. But bearing with one another does not just mean serving the body. Again, it means serving their soul. You have a responsibility, church, not just to care for the physical needs of the body. You have a responsibility to care for the spiritual souls, spiritual souls, spiritual needs of the body. I got there. So if we truly want to be a church that honors God and a church that loves one another, if we want to do life together, we have to be committed to helping one another grow in Christ's likeness. And hopefully that is what today will be um, how we do this through exhortation. So let me read our passage this morning, and then I'll pray. Um, we'll dig into a little deeper. Verses 12 through 14. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, 
unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Let's pray. Father, we need you this morning. We need you every day, but we need you especially this morning. I need you this morning. Um, Would you give me strength? Uh, Would you give us hearts that want to honor you through our love for one another, through our love for you, through our priority for things that are spiritual, not things that are earthly? May our eyes be lifted up to you and to the things that you would want us to do and things that you would want us to hear. Father, may we treasure you. May we treasure your word this morning. Would you help us? Would you help us grow? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as we start, let me just ask you. We're going to talk about exhortation, exhorting one another within the church. How are you doing in this area? Okay, so even from the beginning, let's examine ourselves. How are you doing in this area? How often do you take the time to actually exhort your brother, your sister? Or... You just hope that somebody else will do it. Last week, Joel reminded us that if pride lives in our church, it will kill our church. But you know what else will kill our church? It's laziness. It's selfishness. If you're just thinking about yourself, if you're just thinking about your comfort, if you're thinking you don't want to put in the work, that will also kill our church. So having that attitude is one that we don't want to have within our body. So as we talk about exhortation, the first thing that I want to do, even before we get into like the details of what it means, let me convince you of why it's so important that we're a church that cares about exhortation. Okay, so let me try to convince you of the why. Why should we take this so seriously? Well, let's look at the passage. There's two commands in these two verses. There's two commands. First one is take care. Take care, brothers. Take care of what? Okay, take care lest there be in you in any of you an evil unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living god okay so take care that you pay attention to your heart you are prone to wander and fall okay so take care examine your hearts be cautious about your heart and then the second command therefore 13 but exhort command right there is exhort exhort one another every day as long as it is called today. Okay, exhort towards what? Why would we want to exhort one another? That none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Okay, so if we can summarize, if I can summarize why we need to exhort one another, it's twofold, okay? Our hearts are prone to wander. We sang about that just a little bit ago. Do you believe that? Your heart is prone to wander. You should be cautious of yourself. And at the same time, sin is deceitful. Okay, sin is deceiving. It can deceive any of us. At any moment, it could deceive the person sitting next to you. So for those two reasons, it is so important that we exhort. So is that how you see it? Is that how you see yourself? Do you think of yourself as somebody who can fall? Do you see yourself as someone who could have a heart that's hardened towards the things of God? Okay, you think that maybe there's no danger around you when sin is actually crouching at the door. Church, I want you to consider and know, be humble to recognize you are capable of really, really great sin. You're capable of really great sin. And even not just that, you're not just capable of great sin, you are guilty of great, great sin. And so as a sinner, okay, if we recognize that we're all sinners here, you should be cautious. Okay, you should be doubtful about yourself. Think about it. What is in you that keeps you from falling? Okay, what strength 
What merit, what good do you have that will keep you from falling from the things of God? Okay, in yourself, you have nothing. You are not beyond great sin. You are not beyond a hardening heart. Okay, because you are prone to wander. That means you're not prone. You're not beyond being exhorted. Okay, you need that exhortation. And guess what? Your brother is just like you. Okay, your brother is just like you, and he needs that exhortation too. So I want to. I want you to see yourself clearly. I want you to see yourself clearly, and I want you to see sin clearly. Don't want you to trust your judgment about sin all the time. Okay, sin is deceiving. We just talked about it. And a really great illustration is the apple, not the apple, the fruit in the garden. Okay, the fruit in the garden. Let me read you. What, how does you know? How is it described in Scripture? Genesis three six. It says, "So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, okay, the tree was good for food." And it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. Okay, it's sin is deceiving. It doesn't look that bad. It doesn't show its true colors. Otherwise, we wouldn't need exhorting all the time. Okay, sin oftentimes looks pleasing, looks good to the eye. Okay, this would be good for me. This would be pleasant. Don't trust it. Don't trust it. That sin brought sin. That sin brought death to all of mankind. That which was a delight to the eyes actually brought death. It was a poison to our souls. Sin may look enticing, may look appetizing, but it will lead to your death. Sin can promise great things, right? Can promise great comfort. Can promise satisfaction, right? Maybe Eve thought this was good for food. It will make me not be hungry anymore. Just one time, right? What's one time? It's not going to hurt. It's harmless. She should have known that it would lead to the salvation of her soul and of many after her. Thirdly, the fruit looked practical, right? Looked practical. I can gain wisdom from this. I can gain wisdom. If only I do this, sure, God told me not to do it, but look, I can gain wisdom. I can be like God. She, the fruit promised to give Eve what she desired to be wise. But brothers and sisters, sin never delivers. Okay, I want to remind you, sin never delivers on its promise. Our knowledge of God is now clouded, right? We don't see God as we should, and that is because of the effects of sin. So sin is deceptive. You can fall any time. Don't be asleep. Don't be asleep to your needs. Don't be asleep to your brother's needs. Okay, do it for your brother's sake. When you see that your heart is weak, sin is strong. It's no surprise, right, that when you don't have accountability. That when people go out without having a church, no accountability, it's easy to see how they fall. Right? There's no structure. There's no accountability. There's no brother thinking I am my brother's keeper. Because in fact, church, if we are going to gain Christ, if we have gained Christ, okay, we will remain firm until the end. We will remain firm until the end. And guess what? That is not a work that you can do, and it, that's not even a work that your brother can create in you. That is something that only Christ can do, right? Christ is the one who keeps us, and instead, He's the one who called us. He's the one who's redeemed us. He's the one whose blood was shed for us, and He is the one who will keep us and preserve us in His kindness and His grace. But guess what? God uses human means to accomplish this. How is God going to preserve you? Have you considered that maybe God is using you to preserve your brother or your sister? God uses very specific, oftentimes human means to accomplish His purposes. 
How is your brother exhorting you actually working with God's plans to preserve you, to preserve you in his kindness and his ways? Okay, church, we really want to see you walking in truth. Kids, okay, if you can hear me, we all really want to see you walking in the ways of God, right? We really do desire that. Your parents desire this more than almost anything in the world. We really desire that all of you would walk in truth, not just tomorrow, not just this week, but for a lifetime, right? Wouldn't it be great if for some reason, right, if some of you had to move away and we kind of lose touch and then 10 years from now we get to catch up and then I hear that you're still walking in the truth? That is just such a joy. That is such a delight to hear that brothers are walking in the truth. That would be a, such a delight and encouragement to all of us, wouldn't it? And so if we're going to do that, if we're going to be serious about it, let's see it as a privilege. Let's see the need for it. That when we exhort one another, we can actually save souls. James 5.20. Okay, so now let's talk about the what. Okay, what does this look like? Because I'm trying to go through this briefly. I'm not going to say everything that I would want to. Um, but before even I say that, let me just say, it's not good for us to talk about how we want accountability. We want accountability, and yet we don't do anything about it. Okay? Let's be people who are doers of the word and not hearers only, not just talkers of the word. word. So what is exhortation? Exhortation is a brotherly appeal to walk in fear of God, okay? to walk in the fear of the Lord. This is how Bonhoeffer, if you have been with us through a small group reading the uh, book Life Together by Bonhoeffer, this is how he describes it, right? It's a ministry of proclaiming. And he says this in page 103, what we are concerned with here is the free communication of the word from person to person, not by the ordained ministry, which is bound to a particular office, time, and place. Okay, so what we're talking about here is the communication of the word from person to person. In other words, exhortation, what it looks like is for you to put God's word forth in front of your brother, in front of your sister. Okay, you're opening the word. You're pointing them to the word. You're pointing them to Christ. Again, you're not pointing them to yourself. You can't do any of that work. You point them to the one who can, that they may not take their eyes off of him at any point. Okay, so anytime... You're making an attempt to take responsibility for the soul of your brother. Okay, you're exhorting a brother. Take responsibility. Make an attempt to take responsibility for their spiritual being. So what would this look like? It could be a lunch conversation, right? Lunch conversation where you're following up about how they're doing. It could be after a small group, right? Maybe they mention something that they're struggling with, and you're following up with them. And you're trying to exhort them. Have they actually done what they said that they were going to do? Do they need you to remind them? Do they need you to remind them throughout the week? Okay, it could be a conversation after the sermon in the hallway right over there. It can be a phone call in the middle of the week. It can be a, be a text. Okay? As long as you're going out of your way to care for your brother's soul, to point them to the word of God, okay, that is what we're concerned with, that you would seek to do this. So have you ever done this? Have you ever actually had the guts to do this? you're honest, this is not easy all the time, right? You actually have to have faith. You actually have to have love to do this. Because the reason why we don't do this, often we all have had opportunities. We all know specific instances when we see people and we say, ah, I should probably say something about that. Like, that doesn't quite seem right. I should probably at least ask. And yet, what? We remain quiet. Why is that? Is it fear of man? Is it selfishness? Is it laziness? Church, let's not love, let's not let fear of man, let's not let laziness get in the way of our love for God and for one another. 
Okay? Kids, again, want you to know. I want to try to put some applications before you. Really glad you're joining us. Thank your parents, okay? They feel a responsibility for you. They want to open up God's word with you. And when they do that, treasure that. That is such a gift to have parents who want to open up the Bible with you. Like that is the greatest privilege you can have as a kid, to have parents who teach you about Jesus. Okay, so thank them. Thank them. And also, okay, guess what? They have a responsibility to you, a really great responsibility. Kids, your parents also have a responsibility to the other church members. Okay? It's not all about you. They also have a responsibility to the church, to the people who are in their church. And so when your parents are trying to love the church, help them. Okay? Encourage them. Do whatever you can to help them. So the what? Okay? We briefly covered that. Hopefully that's helpful. If you have more questions, let us know. But I want to get to the how. Okay? How should we do this? We see a point, we see a moment, and we say, okay. Maybe this is something where I should actually take some responsibility for, like, the spiritual care of my brother, that they walk in the ways of God. How should I do this, okay? What should my heart be like? What should I seek to be um, seeing in myself, okay? Firstly, I want you to do this, okay? Make sure that you see yourself as a sinner. Before you go and do this, make sure that you see yourself as a sinner. You are not going to be a help to your brother. You're not going to be a help to your sister, if you think that you are beyond doing what they did, okay? If, they didn't, if they're walking in sin, if you think, I could never do that, you will only come from a place of self-righteousness. You will not be a help to them at all. You have to recognize, if you're taking care of your heart, taking care of your own heart, lest there be in, in you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God, you have to exercise care. You have to recognize, I am capable of doing that myself, if not for the grace of God. I'm capable of even worse than that, and not by God being kind to me. So first, recognize, be humble. You can also fall. And when you recognize, okay, I am a sinner too, I am just as capable of doing that, when you have that humility and recognition, then you'll actually be helpful. Then you'll actually have compassion and probably say things that are helpful that will actually lead them to Christ. Okay, so firstly, see yourself as a sinner. Secondly, the the goal, okay, the goal is sanctification. Again, kind of echoing Joel's sermon from last week. The goal is not for them to do the things you want them to do. The goal is not for them to look exactly like you, for them to just get all your methods so that their life will be better. No, their goal is for them to look like Christ. So ask yourself, okay, a really helpful question. What does God want from this person? Okay, not what do I want. What does God want from this person? And how can I help them get there? Thirdly, if you're going to exhort, you're going to have to know the people in your church. Okay? It's a prerequisite that you know people before you go and you try to exhort them. Okay? You actually have to put in effort to get to know the people around you. You actually have to know their circumstances, their context, to be able to be a help to them. Okay? If you just rush into it, you can, might be able to do more harm than good. So listen. Listen to the needs of your brothers. Listen to what they're doing. Listen to how they walk. Know them enough to know that that doesn't quite seem like they, you know, like themselves. Okay, don't rush to it. Understand the heart, the situation, and the circumstances around it. Okay, have enough love, have enough investment to have, yeah, to be able to be with them, to know them for who they are. Two last points. Focus on what's more important. Okay, there's sometimes we see some of us, right, and we're like, ooh, they need a lot of help. 
probably what you guys are thinking about me is like, that guy just needs a lot of help. Where should I even start? Okay? And what we have to remember is focus on what's most important. Don't just go trying to fix everything. Think what is most necessary at this moment. And lastly, just go from smaller to bigger circles. Okay? If somebody is, you know, needs exhortation, somebody's walking in sin, somebody just needs some help to be growing, it doesn't always have to be great sin, right? Exhortation sometimes is just is, hey, this is something that you can do to honor God more, to love the church better. Okay? This is just something that I think would be a help to your soul. That is exhortation. Okay? But start from smaller circle to bigger circle. There's not going to be much help if you're like, that guy over there, he really needs to do this, and you go and talk about it to everybody except them. What good is that going to do? Okay, now, if you're going to talk to a pastor, you're like, hey, I want to help them. How should I do this? That's a different thing, right? If you're actually trying to care for their soul, that's a different thing. But don't just go around and gossip about what's happening without actually talking to them about it, okay? From smaller circle to bigger circle. Now, all of that being said, and now take it, you know, take it into account. Don't fall into the trap of, I just have to know them, know them, know them, and I just have to know everything about them before I can say anything, okay? Don't fall into the trap of, like, I have to have my life completely together. I have to have no sin this week before I can even tell my brother anything about how they're walking, right? No, you have to take faith. You have to have faith. You will never get it perfectly right, okay? You will never know them perfectly well. You will never walk perfectly without sin. And so there's a point where you just have to say, you know, for the sake of loving my brother, for the sake of honoring Christ with this command, I want to be obedient to God in this. I'm going to go and take a step of faith and go and talk to my brother about this. Go and ask them a question to see how they're doing. Okay, don't be so scared of disobeying that you actually disobey more. Okay? I would rather you take a step of faith and go and talk to your brother about the things that they're doing rather than just letting them walk away and you know, have people walk away from our church without anyone warning them. Okay, and with that, probably the last thing I'm going to say. If we're going to be a church that takes ex- exhortation seriously, guess what? You're going to be a church that takes exhortation seriously. You know what's coming? That means you're going to receive exhortation, right? You're going to receive it too. It's really easy to think, okay, how can I help all these other sinners around me get better? Know the things that I know. No, but the thing is, if we're going to take it seriously, that means everybody else has a responsibility to you. And so that means that you will likely receive exhortation. You should receive exhortation. You should receive reproof. You will receive correction in this church, and it should be that way. Okay? Be thankful for that. One of the most telling tests okay, of our love and our humility is going to be how willing you are to receive correction from the mouth of your brother. From the mouth of your brother. So, don't be the type of person who says, oh yeah, 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 I can take rebuke. Oh yeah, I love accountability. And yet, inwardly, you like scorn at it. You're like, it's the last thing I would want. I mean, we all know it, right? We all, we all have that feeling of like somebody tells you something and your body temperature gets just a little higher and you start getting a little defensive. They don't, they don't know me. They don't know exactly what I've been through, right? Don't let defensiveness be your first gut reaction, okay? Let's first, how about we do this? Let's all admit our hearts do not like correction. We just don't like to be corrected. We don't like to be told what we can and can't do. We really would rather just live our lives as we please. Isn't that true? Wouldn't that just make us feel comfortable? 
Okay, so we're all in that same place. We would rather just be comfortable in whatever we want to do. But guess what? That is not the way of Christ. That is not the way of Christ. If you live for your own comfort, you're not taking care of yourself, lest there be in you an unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Okay, you are not exhorting one another every day, as long as it is called today, that you may not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Let's admit that we don't like it, but let's not stay there. Let's actually work together with a recognition that we don't like it, and once we recognize it, let's actually work to get used to this together. Okay, can we do that? Instead of being angry and defensive about it, be thankful. Okay, be thankful. Now, will they get it wrong? Will your brother sometimes come to you? Will they get it wrong? The answer is, yeah, they could, right? They're sinners too. They don't know perfectly. They just, there's a very good chance that they could get something wrong, that they don't know everything, every single passage about you. They could get something that maybe is not quite on point. But do you have the humility to, to see that maybe, maybe just maybe, maybe they can see something better than you do? Okay, our hearts, our own hearts are deceitful, okay? Maybe there's something in what your brother is saying. Maybe it's not 100% true, but what is there in there? What is there in their exhortation that you can take away and be thankful for and grow in, okay? There may be something to their proof. Believe it or not, some people will actually know you better than you know yourself, okay? Sometimes we think we're the best judges of our own character. And no, sometimes we're the worst judges of our own character. Have humility to recognize that person may actually know better than I do. That person may actually recognize something that I'm not even seeing. I may be blind to something that they can just clearly see. And I should take heed to their counsel, to their exhortation. And I just want to warn you of this. Okay? Many of you will come to a point in our church, in biblical church, when you're told no. You're just told no. You should not live this way. No, you should not do this. This would not, be, would, this would not be honoring to Christ. You're going to come to a place in which oftentimes you're told that what you're doing is wrong. Now the question is, when that moment comes, and it should come if you're open and honest, the question is, how are you going to respond? Because there's two responses. You can be humble. You can receive correction. Or you can run away from the church. You can run away. But church, I want you to be ones who would treasure it when it comes, even when it feels uncomfortable. Remember, your brothers, your sisters, they're trying to love you. Okay, this is not easy. They're trying to love you. So when they do this, just thank them so much. Just exude thankfulness from you and try to do something about it. The fact that they're doing this is the instrument that God could be using to actually keep you from falling. So church, let's take this command seriously. Okay, let's take this command seriously. Let's exhort one another. Okay, let's, you know, for those of you who are not part of our church, who maybe will be looking for a church, college students, once you guys are looking for another church down the road, I want you to find a church that will actually care for your soul, that will exhort you, that will exhort you specifically, practically, not just tell you things up here, but actually look at your life and tell you, this is not good, this is good, you should do that. Okay, that they would know you enough to do that. Kids, okay, Kids, help your parents, okay, as they love the church. You really should be comforted. Be comforted. They, they will get things wrong, but guess what? They have a whole church that's there to help them, to correct them when they go wrong. Okay, this should be a really great comfort to you that your parents have people who love them and who want to exhort them. 
So, church, let's exhort one another. Let's make this a priority, and let's take this seriously. Can we do that? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that sin is crouching in the door. We know that sin is waging war against our souls daily. Father, sin is relentless. The devil prowls looking who he will devour. And Father, in our own strength, Lord, we cannot do anything about it, Lord. We will fall in our own strength. And so, Father, I thank you that it does not depend on us. I thank you that it is because of you that we can remain firm, Lord. It is you who will hold us until the end. Father, give us humility. Give us steadfastness. Give us love. May we treasure, Lord, when we love one another and help one another. Father, may we look to the power of the cross to defeat sin in our hearts. And may we be a church that's growing in our sanctification. Help us, Lord, as we try to do this and try to apply this more and more. I thank you for in the ways in which I have been helped by exhortation in this church. Thank you for the ways in which many of us, Lord, are more like you because of the fact that a brother or sister came out of their way to try to point us to you. Thank you, Lord, for that gift. Thank you for the love that is found in the church. May we do that more and more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.